0: You are on the Crooked Mile. Join Ed on another fabulous adventure. Thanks very much. Thank you. And welcome again, everyone. Yes, you are on the Crooked Mile. Now today, I thought we would look into a little Christmas history, and more specifically, some musical Christmas history. You see, back in 1843, 1847, somewhere around there, there was a man known as Placide Capot. Now, forgive me if I've butchered that. I'm not versed in French whatsoever. But anyway, he was the commissioner of wines in a small French village. Monsieur Capot was known for his extensive knowledge of wine. Obviously, I mean, that was his job. However, he was certainly even more so known for his craft of poetry. Yes, Monsieur Placide Capot was well known for these two vocations, much more than being known for his attendance at church. So I can only imagine the shock and surprise he felt when the parish priest asked the commissioner to pen a poem for the Christmas mass. Nevertheless, Placide was honored to share his talents with the church, so he gladly accepted. Now, as the story goes, it was in a dusty coach ride traveling down a bumpy road through the French countryside to the capital city of France, Monsieur Placide Capot pondered the priest's requests. And using the gospel of Luke as his guide, Placide imagined himself as a witness to the birth of Christ. Thoughts of being present on that blessed night truly inspired him. The wonder of that glorious moment seemed to flow effortlessly through his pen. And by the time he arrived in Paris, the poem, Cantique de Noël, was completed. Well, so moved by his own work, Capot decided that his Cantique de Noël was not just a poem, it needed music and not just any music, mind you. It needed music that would lift souls towards heaven. So, not being musically inclined himself, the poet turned to his friend Adolphe Charles Adam for help. Being the son of a well-known classical musician, Adolphe studied in the Paris Conservatory. His talents and fame had brought numerous requests to write works for orchestras and ballets from all over Europe. Yet the lyrics that Capot had brought, I can only guess, came with a great challenge unlike any other Adolf had previously received from London, Berlin, or even St. Petersburg. You see, as a man of the Jewish faith, for Adolf, the words of Cantique de Noël represented a day that he did not celebrate, and represented a man that he did not view as the Son of God. But like Capot did with the priest he good-naturedly received his friend's request and began at once to compose an original tune for the poem. And what Adolf composed was a perfect match. His finished worked, pleased the musician himself, the poet, and the priest. The song itself was performed for the first time just three weeks later at midnight mass. It is said that the people of the congregation immediately fell in love with the new carol. The church wholeheartedly accepted the new song and it quickly found its way into several Catholic services across France. The French people just loved it. Sometime later, though, Placide Capau walked away from the church altogether to join some political movement. And within this movement, there was no room for the church. Church leaders then discovered that Adolphe Adam was in fact a Jew. At that point, The song that had quickly grown to become one of the most beloved songs in all of France was suddenly and uniformly denounced by the church. The leaders of the French Catholic Church deemed that Cantique de Noël was unfit for church services because of its lack of musical taste and the total absence of spirit of religion. The French people, however, loved it so much that they would not let it die. The church failed miserably in its attempt to bury the song. The people kept the song alive and well outside the confines as well as the approval of the church. Whew, thank God. Then, about ten years later, a reclusive American writer and abolitionist brought the song to a completely new audience. This writer, a man named John Sullivan Dwight, had heard the song and just fell in love with its vibrant message of hope. He felt that the song had to be, needed to be, introduced to America. Now, as an ardent abolitionist, John Sullivan saw, or heard, or felt something in the song that moved him, moved him beyond the story of the birth of Christ, if you can imagine that. Especially moving for him, though, was the verse that said, chains he will break, For the slave is a brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. The words mirrored, confirmed, and affirmed John Sullivan's own views. And being a writer, John Sullivan had his own magazine, or at least he worked for one. Anyway, he got it published, and John Sullivan's English translation of *Cantique de Noël* quickly found favor within America especially in the north during the Civil War. Meanwhile, back in France, many of the common folk, if you will, still sang Placid Capo's Cantique de Noël, even though by now it had been banned for nearly two decades. Now, legend has it. I love that. Legend has it. I love legends. The legends of spirit, or the spirit of legends, whatever. But, as I said, Legend has it that the French Catholic Church welcomed the song back into its services after hearing of an encounter between French and German troops during the Franco-Prussian War on Christmas Eve in 1871. The legend says that amidst the fierce fighting between the two armies, a French soldier jumped up from his muddy trench with no weapons and just stood there, motionless. The fighting was close bullets whizzing past, the explosion of cannon fire, mud and debris blowing up all around with every report, then suddenly stopped as both sides stared in disbelief at the young, crazed infantryman. With no weapon in his hand, the soldier gazed towards the heavens and began singing Cantique de Noël. After he had finished the three verses, the night fell completely silent. Soon, in the distance, a faint voice could be heard. It was that of a German soldier. As if in answer to the French infantryman, the German soldier was singing, From Heaven Above to Earth I Come. The legend goes on to say that each side was so moved that a truce was struck. The two armies observed a temporary peace for 24 hours to honor Christmas as well as each other. Now, several years later, On Christmas Eve, 1906, a man named Reginald Fessenden, a university professor and former chemist for Thomas Edison, was experimenting with a microphone and a telegraph machine. He began speaking into the microphone in a clear, strong voice, reading the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 2. It reads, in part, and I'm sure you may have heard this before, but it reads, An angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel of the Lord said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And it shall be a sign unto you, Ye shall find the babe in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Well, around the world, wireless operators on ships and at newspaper desks began to hear a man's voice coming through the speakers on their machines. Up to this point, the only sound that ever emanated from these machines was that of Morse code. It was the very first broadcast of a man's voice, and it was the gospel of Christ. After his reading, Fessenden then picked up his violin and began to play a hauntingly beautiful tune. The song? well, Let's see. Written by a wine merchant, set to music by a Jewish composer, banned by church leaders, but kept alive by the French people then adopted by an American abolitionist, sung by troops in the trenches, was at last broadcast to the whole world by invisible radio waves. The first song ever played over the radio, O Holy Night, fall on your knees, hear the angel voices, O night divine, the night when Christ was born. Merry Christmas, everyone. Good night.